Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to this Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and sometimes interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Today, we have a rather spooky guest. Classically trained vocalist and actress with over 20 years of performance experience, a cast member of Off the Beaten Path Musical, lead vocalist and lyricist for the symphonic metal band Dracora, co-owner of The Ghoulish Garb. You may know her from TikTok as The Ghoulish Gal, a descendant of author Bram Stoker, all the way from Alabama, Florida, and all over. Welcome, Miss Shanna Stoker. Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We like we like to do our research. <laughs> um, I can see that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it has been a honor uh, just to get to talk to you a little bit behind the scenes, and uh, just to have you on in general. Um, if you guys are listening now uh, as patrons, thank you for being patrons. And if you're not, you could have listened to this interview a week earlier. So get on that at this dungeon is occupied podcast slash Patreon, but. We're not here for that. We're here for Shanna Stoker. <laughs> and the first thing that I did want to talk about is your TikTok, because that's how I found you. Um, 61.3 thousand followers. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, that's awesome. First of all, that you have such a, you. A, an awesome following. Um, and, you know, we were talking behind the scenes about attributing it to some of TikTok, but some of ghoulish garb. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but how is it doing all of the TikTok videos and, and singing and doing all the fun skits that we have going on? <laughs> it's fun. I, I wish I like, I'm so busy right now with so many different things, as you mentioned that, you know, I, I really can't keep to a solid posting schedule at the moment, but I'm trying, <laughs> man, I am trying <laughs> to create content and get people like, you know, fun things to follow. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I said behind the scenes that I found you from your music. Um, you have an immense music career and I love it. I, I have a music degree myself, but I don't have oh, wow. the resume that you have. Uh, <laughs> and looking at some of the things that you've done, I mean, The Sound of Music, Wizard of Oz, Christmas Carol, on and on and some operas. I'm just it's 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 so fun to like be able to see all of all the things that you've done and to have actually seen a few of them uh and and even looked up the ones that you have done and that I've seen some uh some clips and things on YouTube of uh, of you singing yeah uh, I I love it (laughs) um and (laughs) one of the the coolest things that I uh I found about you was Dracora because yes yeah that's that's coming out soon or can we expect yes we are going to be releasing our first single hopefully soon like I'm hoping by the end of the month (laughs) but at the same time our producer and slash you know lead guitarist uh is about to get surgery so maybe not this month maybe next month but you know we're trying (laughs) again we all have like full-time jobs and like we're trying to make this music but we are very particular um which is exactly why you know we know that we're going to be able to produce something that we're proud of already I'm obsessed with this first song that we've written um but we're I'm going into the studio 
this Sunday actually to, uh, I want to re-record like one little smidgen of a part because I am very particular. And then, uh, we're going to start working on our next single after that. So we have already planned our first, um, it's going to be a five song EP and it has, it's actually going to be a storyline about a girl, um, that I'm writing kind of from my own perspective. And, uh, it's, it's been so amazing though, because so the name of the band is Dracora, right? (laughs) You would think I had something to do with that naming, but I swear I did not. In fact, they had no idea when they contacted me about being their lead vocalist. They had no idea about my lineage. It was around the same time um, that the TikTok had come out. So I assumed that was the only reason they were contacting me. (laughs) But I had had a a band mix profile for like a couple of years, just everywhere I went, just kind of, you know, I figured it would be good to get my my face and voice out there in case somebody ended up happening upon it. I wasn't actively looking, but you know, I was always open to it. And uh turns out their bassist had found me and sent it to all the guys and they were like, holy shit. Well, you know, <laughs> sorry for the crazy. <laughs> oh, you can curse. That's it's okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh and so they were, you know, so they contacted me and I was just like, we had this full band meeting. Like it's like the morning they contacted me that by that night we'd had an entire meeting with everybody in the band. And, you know, I let them say everything they were talking about and like why we, you know, they they thought that we'd be a good fit and all these different things. And I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop about about Bram Stoker. And so it never does. And by the end of this like two hour long meeting, I feel like I've known these guys forever. And so I finally, you know, at this point have realized they have no idea. So they've accepted me into the band at this point. Like we're, we're good. We're planning our next meeting for like an actual band meeting. And then I, I drop it and I'm just like, so guys, I usually, (laughs) usually wouldn't just say this, but it's kind of crazy. The coincidence. So I tell them, you know, ham related to Bram Stoker and they all just lose their shit because (laughs) of course, and in he, Jake who named the band and started the band is like, dude, I just, I just wanted something creepy because I've always liked creepy. And like, he works at universal as a producer and so he was saying like everybody there calls him um stagula because his last name is stag okay. and it's like you know jesus kind of a creepy <laughs> dude like he loves you know creepy metal and stuff and um they always get him dracula like g- gifts and so he just kind of took that and t- made it into dracora and and then they found me and it was just this weird crazy kismet that it happened that way, that <laughs> but awesome. I always have to tell that story because I feel like it's going to be so cheesy if people think I named my band Dracora, you know, without <laughs> it was just this really cool coincidence the way it happened. I mean, it's still a killer name anyway. Right. It's a great name. I love it. I love the name. It was just like absolutely crazy the way it happened. But yeah, we are, we really work well together. And this is the first time I've ever really gotten to flex my, um, songwriting abilities I knew I had it and like I had just previously like a couple of months before they contacted me said I got songs I need to write like I just I feel like I have these songs that I need to write and didn't know how to go about it because I don't really write the music as well you know I'm not really I'm more I'm just a singer I don't really play any instruments Mm -hmm. and so you know working with Jake having already had these these entire instrumental tracks in his head for years and finally being able to create these songs together is it's been so much fun and I've, I've been listening to a lot of interviews, a lot of interviews. And <laughs> I I heard in one word when they, they got you to play in the Dracula play that they had no idea that you were Bram Stoker's disability. Yeah, absolutely. That was it. I it was I went back to a to a, a theater that had I had been with for a while growing up and 
still, they had no, like they'd known me for years and had no idea that I was related to Bram Stoker. People just, I guess, you know, I'm, I used, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. Like people are not thinking about your last name and then a, you know, a literary (laughs) icon. Like, I guess they just never put two and two together. And I just didn't really go around talking about it because I mean, it was something I was very proud of personally and within my family, but honestly, I just didn't really think first of all, that anybody would care. And secondly, why should I be looking for that kind of clout? I guess. So I don't know. I just didn't go around, um, flaunting it, but it, of course it came up not in, it wasn't until the actual, um, what are they called? <laughs> I should know this, not the playbill, but the, you know, the little book and flyer that they give to people. I literally suck at words. Um, but anyway, they had made those, those, you know, God, the pamphlets. Programs. Like a, like a programs. Oh, programs. Oh, yeah. You would think after, after all, I was going to say all the years, <laughs> thank like, you, the book? programs. No. Well, when they, <laughs> it was like the weekend, the last weekend of dress and tech and everything. And they made the pamphlets and we were all sitting on the stage, just kind of chilling between acts. And, um, Somebody was like, oh, she had a stoker. And it says, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And they're like, oh, man, are you related? You know, just making the joke like everyone does. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, you must be related. And then I say, yeah, I am. And then they just they freak out. It's great. It's a fun time. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as far as your music career, because, I mean, obviously we've got Dracora going on right now um, and you're doing uh, Off the Beaten Path, which we'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about some more. Uh, Thorne's got some questions on that one. But are you planning on doing more with uh, your music or are you focused more on just doing uh, ghoulish garb and the, the, the plethora of things you've got going on right now? You know, honestly, every single time I try to pigeonhole my interests, I miss out. And I, <laughs> I you know, so I, I've definitely learned that. So I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. That is something that I, I found out you. recently. <laughs> like I only found out like two and a half years ago. Um, so it's something that has made a lot of sense to me. And I definitely <laughs> think about it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's also taught me to accept the fact that I'm a little scatterbrained and that's okay. Like, it's okay. As long as I'm trying my best to keep everything together, but I can't just stick to one interest. And like, I feel like if I, you know, I had never thought about God, I never thought I would end up making tarot cards in my life because I was never artistically inclined in that way. I had ideas, but I couldn't put them on paper. And so to know now that that's such a big part of my life and just the business management, the customer service every single day of just running the shop is amazing. I love it. I've always dreamt of running a shop. And so that side of that, that, that really, it makes my entrepreneurial heart and spirit kind of full. But if I spend too long, just focused on that without allowing myself time for the the other creative pursuits, you know, with theater and with, um, singing, then I really feel like I'm overworked and like, you know, there's no balance. And so I definitely know that I will have to always continue to make time for my music and for my acting, just because that is, that's who I am. I'm not, I'm not out trying to go to Broadway, you know, or anything like that. I just, I just need that bit of self-expression. And it's also a way for me to explore my feelings, my trauma, my, my, you know, day-to-day emotions and things that I'm going through and dealing with. So, um, yeah, I will definitely be continuing moving forward with Dracora. Like I said, we've already planned our first five song EP. Mm -hmm. We are going to start doing some performances live around Orlando. Hopefully once we get that out, but you know, we're taking our time with it because Mm -hmm. there's no rush and we've all been trying to 
find the right fit for a while. And we feel like we finally found it within each other. And so we're just really taking our time, enjoying the process, making sure that what we are creating is something that we can really be proud of. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know where it'll go or how far it will go right now. We really don't care so much about that. It's just about making the music and, and hopefully, you know, people will like it. And with the OBP off the beaten path, it's very much like that is also a growing project that I have so much love and respect for. And I just cannot say enough about it. So I definitely would love to talk more about that when you're ready. Um, awesome. But as far as the music, yeah, it's definitely, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not going anywhere with, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of the tarot, uh, the tarot, tarot saying, say that fast five times. Um, <laughs> right? the tarot, tarot. Um, so the ghoulish garb, uh, where did the idea come for the witchy store? Like, did the name come first and then the, and then the idea for the witchy store come second? Or did you always have an idea to, to open like a witchy themed shop? I had always thought that I would love to own a witchy themed shop of some sort ever since I was a kid and saw Practical Magic and The Good Witch and like every other show Ooh. where there was this little eclectic town or this little town with this eclectic woman <laughs> who owned their own shop, you know, that was absolutely who I thought I would be. I would just like, I, I know that's something I would want to do. At the same time, I'm sitting in my bathroom, you know, taking potential like fake interviews in my hairbrush. So I've always been very dual oriented. <laughs> I knew <laughs> like it was always, oh, I want to be a performer. And then also, oh, I want to live in a small town and own my own, you know, witchy store and have a cottage with cats. And yeah, I'm kind of living my dream. So, um, but yeah, I definitely, I, it's, we came up with the idea, my business partner and I, because we both were in the nine to fives after college and miserable. Um, I actually have a degree in history. Um, I studied vocal performance and theater for two years as well. I just decided, you know, you don't have to have a degree in those. So I'm going to get a degree in something else. <laughs> um, so I went with history and luckily that's really helped train me for all of the writing I do and creating I do and research I do with the bit with the business. Um, but we just, we were miserable in our jobs. We were like, we are smart and creative individuals in the age of the internet. Like we can find a business to create. We can do this. And so we immediately started looking into print on demand, like t-shirts, because that is a really great way to open a business without having to worry about much of the like immediate oversight of, <laughs> you know, creating the products and all of that. We really had to just focus on, on finding the right fulfillment um, print shops and creating unique products. So we had to figure out what our niche was going to be. And um, my business partner who at the time I was in a relationship with, um, was really like gung ho about video game stuff. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, and I just, I, I've never been as big into video games as, as he is like, you know, he's just super gamer and I like video games. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, I'm not going to be able to, to, to create as many things about this, but I'm happy to support and help, you know, do anything I can. But of course, looking into that, there's so many like just legal issues with copyright stuff. And so that didn't seem to be the avenue to go down. And so one day I was visiting my family and I've always been a very witchy person, even before I started practicing witchcraft, which I started back when I was like 15. And, um, it's just always been an interest of mine, an aesthetic of mine. I've always enjoyed it. And it kind of, again, runs in the family <laughs> within my stoker side. There's definitely a lot of that. And so it was just always a big part of me. 
So I was visiting home one day and I, I just had this idea and I messaged my partner and I was kind of like, oh, he's not going to go for this. Um, but I just was like, what if we do a shop based on all things like witchy and spooky? I know so much about that. I already have so many ideas. It's a niche that is building right now because this is back in 2018. Uh, I was like, this is a niche that is already building. Actually, I think we were, we were working on the thought of this around uh, September 17. And so, you know, tarot cards were becoming more popular and there were lots of little shops popping up around. And I just saw that this was a, this seemed to be a niche that was growing in acceptance and in people wanting to find ways to express themselves. Um, and so that was my idea. And so we kind of decided he, he liked it actually, which I was, I just didn't know (laughs) if that would happen. Cause again, he he was not into that <laughs> personally. <laughs> um, and so we we set a goal for ourselves and we said if we can get a hundred different ideas down for for unique designs, then we will know that this is something we can move forward with and we will we will take this seriously and, and that'll be our niche. And we had that within like a week, I think. I mean, I was just I had idea after idea. I mean, we haven't used like a, probably 70% of those ideas, but it got the ball rolling, you know, and we found out of those, you know, the 30% that we did use, those are some great sellers. <laughs> those are doing awesome still. And so, you know, our initial as far as the name, the ghoulish garb, our name originally was actually psychopomp apparel, but yeah, we were, yeah, we were kind of going for a different feel and, um, psychopomp for people who don't know, it just is a, basically somebody who takes souls between, you know, lives or to the afterlife. So like Karen is a, is a psychopomp or the, just the grim reaper. That's a psychopomp. And so um, that was the name of our our business. But like shortly after we got our business license, we were we got hit with a, a cease and desist because there was a little brand out of Texas. I think they were like to a couple who was like artists and they had named their psychopomp clothing. So so oh, we were wow. like, OK, that's fine. Yep. Like, you know, yeah, we can respect to. that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we, we took that as a as a chance to really look at what we had already created so far, because we came up with the idea before we came up with our designs, you know, and so uh, we decided to take a step back and like look at what have we created? What is our style? And psychopomp did didn't fit that. It wasn't as elevated as that. And if, if that makes sense, I know that sounds like I'm dissing us. I'm not, I'm just saying our designs have a little bit more like levity to them sometimes, especially our earlier designs that were more like pun induced. Um, (laughs) and so I, I love alliteration and I just kind of thought about the ghoulish garb, except I wanted to just be ghoulish garb. And my partner was like, no, 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 we need the ghoulish garb. And he was right. He was right. (laughs) And it turned out great. The designs oh look fantastic. Thank especially, you. Especially like I love the designs on the on the I keep saying the Terra Terra, but I mm-hmm. love I love the designs that you had on it. The back looked fantastic. And then the front, um, all the different concepts you came up with for the major arcana look amazing. And but how did Thank you come you. how did you select the the imagery or the the characters for the major arcana? Like was there a process to that? There was, but I will say, since that was our very first tarot deck, like we had never done anything like this before. We had no idea what we were doing, but like, we really, we paid so much respect to the process and to trying to create it like as, you know, because I love tarot and I mean, like my, my partner, Francis, he, he like knows nothing or knew nothing. He knows a lot more now, Uh, but he knew nothing about it at the time. And so it really kind of was up to me in a lot of ways to try to like 
focus on the details of those things, but I will say like, give him his props. Cause he learned very quickly and like became, he's, he calls himself a tarot expert now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was a process. What we decided to do was kind of create a big list. I like lists, um, of <laughs> what are some, characters that we could see being incorporated into this pack as major arcana characters that could hold their own with this much like weight of responsibility within the deck but also um not overshadow and like fall into place within each card's meaning we didn't want to just put you know the mummy there just because oh we didn't have anything else to put the mummy in and so um yeah so we really wanted to make sure to do that while also maintaining like we, we're not going to, you know, do anything that's copyrighted or take anything that's obviously, uh, you know, belongs to a brand. And so from there, we, uh, I think what we did, cause this was back in God, 2020, I think, no, 2019. And, um, so I'm trying to remember, cause we're working on an entirely new deck right now that we're almost finished with. So like, <laughs> but, oh my gosh, it. it's, it's great. It's a goddess themed deck. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second, but I think what we did for this was basically like we had our list of characters and then we go through and we look at each of the, major, uh, the major arcana cards. And I kind of put down like my buzzwords and like my, you know, word for like, for example, the hermit is all about, you know, uh, spiritual intelligence and kind of being, um, a little bit of a loner when you need to be and like understanding that sometimes people want to take advantage of you. Like there's a bunch of different ways that you can look at these cards. Of course, they're all kind of subjective, but, uh, I just kind of went with what I wanted these, these cards to mean in this deck. And then we, we went from there to, to kind of, uh, associate, okay, we could bring in, you know, the grim reaper here, obviously, because of what he does and the way that he moves people within their spiritual selves and like, uh, the, the timeline of their lives and things. And, and so it was just really fun to, to do that and to picture each one and see it literally come to life just from like the words that we created. It's just, cause that's the way we do it. Neither one of us are artists. Um, we, uh, we have it all in our heads. And then I go through everything that we've done, like all of the notes that we've created about what we want this to look like. And I go through and I write in extreme detail. I'm talking from like, Hey, we want her foot to be at a 30 degree angle. And like, this is where, you know, very precise, very precise wording. And then we have this amazing artist we work with who actually composes it and or or who uh, puts it into into the actual like form that you see on the card. And he is amazing. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> We've the been working with him. Yes. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's captured exactly what we wanted, and he's so wonderful to work with because even like it takes us so long. People are always like, "When are you coming out with the minor? You know, the full deck." <laughs> And we're like, man, it's two of us running this entire business. We do everything. <laughs> like we are trying our hardest, but bruh, it takes us like 20 <laughs> hours to design just one card. So please like be patient. It's my coming. I promise. Favorite. Yeah. <laughs> my personal <laughs> favorite is the hero fan. Oh, I love the hero fan uh, Cthulhu. Absolutely. Yes. And so that was really fun too. Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, uh, so my favorite one's the world. I really love the world. The world oh, really good. Cool. So which one? Okay, so we actually have two versions of the world. Is it the Jekyll and Hyde version? It's the Jekyll and Hyde version. Okay, one. that's cool. I, it, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I, yeah, I if I have to pick my favorite. Oh, God, it is so hard. Okay, so I do really love that we have the Empress and the Emperor as like, you know, Dracula and a 
female vampire. There's no name associated with her. Um, I love them, but I really love the greens in the Hierophant and yes. which is Cthulhu and the high priestess, which is Medusa. And then also again, the hermit, like those greens, there's something about those greens, which I just absolutely love. And it's, oh, oh. but then of course we have death, which is the headless horseman scene with the Kabod crane. Mm-hmm. And that is also a favorite That's of mine my just because that is, oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. The Ichabod <laughs> crane one is definitely my favorite. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that one. They're, they're all so well designed and cool. I can't wait to. I can't wait to see the 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 deck that you all are coming out with oh, as man. well. Thank is you. The, we are it, most oh. of the designs are already out on Etsy, actually. So, like, we as we create each design for like every card, we put it on all of our merch so that people are just waiting for that. But you can check out any of those if you go to our Etsy and just search like Goddess Tapestry, and it'll just show you all of them oh, that we have. So I mean, it's just. Too. Uh, I'm so in love with this deck. It's a different feel, but they are, we are considering it a sister deck to the Tarot Tarot. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to uh buy one of our friends Raven that got us deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cool. she, she's gonna see it and she's going to love it. <laughs> oh, um, that's awesome. I hope she does. And I'm oh, getting so- a shirt for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> oh speaking of which, before I proceed, um, I'm definitely getting a shirt as well. And I just want to let you know I would really do appreciate the fact that um because I'm a big I am a big boy. And um I like that the sizes are are two you have two XL, three XL, four XL when I was looking at the shop and I was like perfect. Yeah, we Something go up to five XL for like our shirts and hoodies and things. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I can't wait Thank to order you. mine. That was okay. I'm also a plus size girl. So that was like a huge thing for me when we started this was like, we are going to be inclusive of sizes as much as we possibly can, as much as there's available for these products. Like we are going to offer those because I understand that. And I hate the, I hate that feeling when you see something you love and identify with, and you just want to wear it and you want to feel cute and pretty or handsome. And, and then it comes and it's not in your size and there's this, that sucks. That's a, that's a really crappy feeling. So every time somebody tells me that, that they feel seen and appreciated, like, that just makes my day. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Well, it's one of the first things because I was looking at the designs and I was like, I want to get some of these. I was looking at the site. I'm always really nervous shopping online, yeah. especially since um, sometimes they come a little small, um, especially when I order them. But I also appreciate that you have the guides to to like measuring, getting your correct size and um, like that some some run a little big or some will run a little small. And kind of for every enough so everybody can order the size that fits them perfectly. So I really do appreciate that as well. Thank you so much. I'm very glad to hear that. Of course. Oh, speaking of designs, and I know that your shop is geared towards the macabre and the spooky, but I spy a cat on some of your oh, designs. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about your familiar. Um, <gasps> yeah. Is it pronounced Fox? No, I actually have two. There's Rue. That's uh, R-O-U-X. So it's French for redhead. It's like a French slang term for a redhead because I found him at a CVS parking lot and named him in my lap on a way on like a four hour drive back to uh, my college. So I just named him. I was like, we're both redheads. I'm going to name you Rue. Um, so that's that's my baby. He's actually going to be seven this year. And he has been with me, God, since 2015 and just been... I. He he found me when I needed him most, and like I, he's just been such an amazing help to my mental health. <laughs> I mean, my God! And then I got his little brother Frankenstein in 2018, 
uh, after I had moved back to Mobile, Alabama from Tennessee, where I was living at the time, um, because I had a really bad car accident. So I moved back to be with my family as I like was recovering. And I found, I found Frankie and his two brothers and one sister, uh, <laughs> at a Mexican restaurant that I frequent there and took him home, took him home and bottle fed them for like two weeks and kept them for almost a year and then had to, had to give, you know, the other ones away. But my mom kept one and two of my friends got the other two. So they're all happy and healthy. And I see them regularly, (laughs) at least on social media, but Frankie is my, uh, he's my little baby. So they have been, and and Frank and Rue needed him. Rue really did. Like it came at a time where he, I had been feeling kind of worried about Rue because he just seemed like he was getting old and not playful as much. And then when Frankie and the kittens arrived, like he is, he's such a little playful, crazy boy now. And it's great to see that he, he really did need a brother. <laughs> oh, they're so but, adorable. I, I know he inspired one of your shirt designs. He did. Right? Yes. That's what I was going to say. He inspired the, um, uh, yes, I can drive a stick shirt, which was literally one of our very first designs. <laughs> and it's, it's just him and like a witch hat on a, on a broom being adorable. And I, it's, it looks just like him. <laughs> we are so in love with that cat. So <laughs> it was really, it's fun to see what, you know, people loving him and buying that just because it shows him. It's just really adorable. And, and let me just say that it, it, from listening to so many of your interviews, it's it's great to hear that you're so inclusive of mental health issues and mm-hmm. LGBTQ and all this stuff. Uh, I really appreciate, especially the mental health issues uh, coming from my background and stuff like that, realizing the whole problem with the mental health and that there mm-hmm. is um, it, it's it can be inclusive. You can you can show support for people that have mental health issues. It's not so taboo anymore so let's just say i want to thank you for that because it was very refreshing to hear that thank you thank you so much and it's it means a lot to me to have my vulnerability you know appreciated and and respond like your response to that just that thank you thank you so much oh no problem um i actually had another question about one of your shirt designs so i noticed on one of your shirt designs that you name drop a couple deities on on the shirt mm-hmm. are these deities that you work with in your you know, I actually don't work with any particular deities um I have definitely I think found the strong the, like felt the strongest pull from Hecate uh but as far as working with any particular deity I really don't I just which is nothing like I have most of my friends have one or multiple de- deities that they do work with. And so I'm all for that. I think it's wonderful as long as you are finding something that, you know, a being or, or a, an idea or a religion or whatever that, that you feel is calling to you. And that is working for your spiritual path. I think that is amazing. And so I'm all for that, but I have just never felt really drawn to any particular deity. I suppose I, I, there is some sort of like God figure that I do feel is very present, but I do, I feel it's, it's just as present as the energy that's in us all the time. The energy that, you know, is in animals and in the air and in the, in the, in the, the earth. I just, that's kind of the, so I know it's kind of cliche now, but I don't see why um, the term of just using kind of the universe that that has always felt the most right to me or just, you know, maybe the creator. Um, but I don't really, I don't know. I've just, I don't, haven't felt for a very long time since I left the church really. Cause I grew up in Christianity again, Mobile, Alabama, I, you know, grew up in the church. Um, but ever since I 
left the church and really started just focusing on spirituality rather than religion, I haven't felt the need to define what that energy necessarily is. So I guess for me, using less definitive terms like creator or universe or just energy uh, gives me more calm, more, more of a, a feeling of peace surrounding it because I don't have to associate it with any gender or any being or any visual representation other than just this loving light and energy. I love that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, the, do you, do you see yourself associate with any particular like group of witchcraft or uh, witches? Like, are you, do you like consider yourself a like um uh I know that one of your interviews yeah like a hedge uh, witch or something yeah and one of your interviews you said you were pagan um but what are like what do you think your day or daily witchy practices that you do that is okay so those are great questions um as far as what particular like brand of witch I am I again I am so ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) The word, the term eclectic is what I, is what I'm drawn towards because it really depends. It depends on the day. It depends on what resources I have available. It depends on, you know, am I by the ocean today? Well, then I'm going to do some water witching. You know, am I by, am I spending time out in nature in the woods? Am I, am I at home and I really can't get out today? Okay. I'm just going to take a bath or like little things like that. I mean, there's just I'm very mundane in my witchcraft in a lot of ways because I'm so busy and everywhere else. Um, but I try to incorporate every single day, even if it's just lighting incense, even if it's just taking time to meditate on my, you know, what I'm trying to manifest and what type of energy I want to put out into the world today. Even if it's just, you know, like my roommate taught me, um, they, they well in their, in the morning, they told me like for their coffee. And I've started doing this like every day now, uh, you know, using your coffee to set intentions for either for the day or your blessings for the people that you love, or, you know, just to help you kind of, um, get in the right headspace. And I usually do that by like anything that I'm adding into my coffee. It's very much like when you're a kid and you're playing potions, like you weren't far off, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really about just, okay. So this is my coffee. I'm going to drink it. I'm drinking it for the intention of having more energy, right? Okay. So let's put that towards something else as well. So like I'll put in my creamer and my creamer might be, you know, this is going to be my foundation for a good and positive day. And then maybe I've got like three things of sugar. And so for each one, I'm going to set another intention or I'm going to say a word for somebody I love or, you know, something like that. And those little things. And then I'm going to consume that little magical drink. And I'm going to, as I drink it, think about those intentions, think about those people, whatever it is I'm trying to work on that day and let that flow through me and let that become a part of my energy for the day. And that is witchcraft. It is not, you know, there is, there is so much that I think that people don't understand, which I get, I totally get, but witchcraft doesn't have to be, you know, cloak and dagger by the full moon. Like it doesn't have to be those things. Now it can be, and it's fun, but it doesn't have to be those things <laughs> because mama didn't have all day for those things sometimes. That's awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So even if it is just lighting my incense or drinking my coffee, like I do try to incorporate some magical thinking into every single day. 
yeah it's um sounds like me i know i don't have time for that all day like i'm like trying to yeah. like where did i put my white candles again um, oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> literally i like was setting up a ritual like a, a month ago and i was just setting up all my candles and then like I, my cat fell into one of the candles and two of them <laughs> broke and i was just, and it was my god and goddess candle and so i was like oh god okay so i literally just had to stop <laughs> and take a breath and say maybe this isn't i'm not gonna do all this today <laughs> and just take one candle simplify it and make it work yeah, <laughs> it, yeah can't get always, messy. it can and i always i always forget to restock my red candles and i'm just like oh my gosh where's my head <laughs> um but but i know that you and and um uh i've heard several interviews where you've discussed um uh your witchy practices but i know that you have uh family members who are also uh witches as well correct that's correct um, I know that you mentioned once that your uncle uh, practiced uh, witchcraft. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, um, there was an interesting story involving uh, clairvoyance and your grandmother. That's true. Yes. So my uncle on my grandmother's arm um, on the Stoker side, this is all on the Stoker side. Um, my uncle is actually the one who got me into it. His name is Brandon Stoker. And um, he used to have a paranormal investigation team. He's an artist. Uh, he's a videographer. Nice. Like he's amazing. He's absolutely one of the most creative people I've ever met. And I mean, he was a, he was like a featured extra in a couple of different episodes of like the walking dead, just for fun, just because he was, he wanted oh, to wow. do something cool. Okay. Like, I mean, can, just... we, can we interview him also? absolutely oh I bet he would love to be interviewed yeah he's a great guy he's very interesting um and just he's 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 also a very eclectic person uh and and yeah I just think he's really one of the most creative people I mean he really inspired me in my creativity from a very young age and he taught me about witchcraft in a more practical manner than I had seen before you know actually like practicing it not just as an aesthetic (laughs) and um, he converted to Judaism when I was pretty young. So that was always also very interesting for me and helped me to, I had been having a lot of thoughts that didn't necessarily vibe with the church. And so I was really, I was very like worried about that because it was such a big part of my identity. And then seeing my uncle whom I respected, you know, um, and hearing his story about why he changed religions and why he decided on Judaism and everything. I even thought about converting to Judaism myself for a while, but ultimately I just decided for me, it's just, I, I like, I like kind of the vague, um, because I don't believe I, I going back to religion for just a hot second. I think I personally believe that every God goddess religious figure that you might, you know, focus on within a particular sector, a particular religion in its entirety, they're all part of the same, like they're all facets on the same gemstone. Yes. That's kind of for me how I oh, look yeah. at it. Oh so, yeah. That's the same with me for sure. Yeah. I, I believe so, that all deities exist just in different facets of the same thing. Yes, absolutely. That's what I believe. And so that's why I think like, if you choose one facet that just feels so right to you, like you love this particular person or be, or deity or, or, or path that is amazing, but I don't think it's any more or less valid than somebody who chooses another one. So that was something that like, ultimately I came to, uh, like for my personal understanding. And I think seeing the way that he believed, but also respected other religions and other people, um, that meant a lot to me. And so it really helped me in a 
lot of ways, but yeah, he was my first real look into witchcraft. He helped me find books. He took me to bookstores in Auburn, Alabama, and we would go to the witchy section, which I didn't even know was real, you know, the occult section. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he was also, uh, he also helped me a lot because I started seeing ghosts when I was eight years old and he had seen them his whole life too. And so we started doing, you know, paranormal stuff together. And it's just, he was a really big influence in my life. And, um, is still just, you know, a great, wonderful person that I love. And uh, my grandmother, which you mentioned, uh, his mom, she, so she's had a lot of experiences that she's told me about with, particularly with clairvoyance. Um, so she was born with a veil over her eyes, which means it's like, I forget what the actual name of it is, but it's basically it's a, a call. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So it's a piece of skin that, that, is over. It usually attaches to the forehead and it comes over, over your eyes as a baby, you know? And if you're born with that, they, you know, they say that it means that you were born with a clairvoyant ability. And so, um, she has, I mean, she was, her mother was told that like, (laughs) as they took her out where they were saying, Oh my gosh, she has a veil over her eyes. And so she's kind of been told her whole life that she had abilities, but she is a very, very devout Christian. In, in her path that she follows, um, she doesn't personally feel comfortable using that side of her gifts, even though she fully believes that she has them. She does not feel comfortable in working with them. And that is okay. That is okay. <laughs> I used mm-hmm. to be very like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, it's, <laughs> it's a gift, but you know, that is that she's on her own path. We're all doing our own right. thing. And if she doesn't feel like that's the right calling for her, I totally get it. And so, um, but she did, you know, go to see psychics a few times in her life. And she says that her, like there were multiple different times that different psychics at different points in her life would ask her about her youngest daughter and say things about her youngest daughter. And she kept telling them, I've never had a daughter, never been pregnant with a daughter. Like I don't, you know, but she told me years later that she thinks that they might have been saying, meaning her youngest granddaughter, which is me. And so it was things about her connection with them. It was things about sharing the clairvoyance. It was things about, um, just different, like, inspirational things. It was really interesting. And so she told me about that whenever I started living with them in college, I lived with them for like a year year and a half in college. And that was amazing. I love them so much. (laughs) Shout out to my Grammy and Papa. They're wonderful, supportive individuals. And I just am very grateful to have them in my life. But yeah, she started telling me because I started opening up about my paranormal experiences, my uh, experiences with clairvoyance myself and mediumship and which I've never really used that term before now, but I'm realizing that is, I guess what you call it. So, um, (laughs) but in that, you know, so she, like her sharing that with me, even though it was something that she didn't personally feel comfortable working with, felt like it was validation and her saying, yeah, you have this gift. We all have like, you got it from me. I I got it from my grandmother. (laughs) We have this gift and not to be afraid of it. And, you know, hopefully to use it for good, if it is something that I just can't really get away from, and I don't want to get away from it. It's not something I try to get away from. I know how to, I know how to close (laughs) that door, but every time I do, it's just like when I try to focus on one, like my business versus singing, I'm like, man, I really miss that door. You know, I really miss that avenue. It's as much a part of me as my singing, as my, you know, entrepreneurial abilities or, or, you know, interests. And so 
it's definitely something that I've had to learn how to not be afraid of because I was terrified when I was younger. Just, I mean, terrified because I mean, it's scary. You're a kid and you're seeing people like you're seeing shadow figures. You're seeing things in the corners. You're seeing things darting. I mean, like, and you're thinking you're crazy, right? Well, and, and especially sudden, our, our generation too. It, yeah. it just, you didn't talk about that no, at all. <laughs> no, no. I remember one time trying to talk about it and like, she didn't mean to, but my mom just totally dismissed it. She was like, no, honey, you're just tired. Like you're just seeing, it's just like, and I'm just, I, I never really spoke about it again until I was in college. And I had a much more harrowing experience when I was mm-hmm. just, I finally was like this, I got to leave the school. Like I left school. My first university I went to, one of the main reasons I left that school was because of all the haunting experiences I had had there. Oh, I wow. couldn't focus on school. I couldn't focus. Like I was, oh, we, we could do a whole yeah. other interview on this. Yeah. Like yeah, crazy <laughs> deep dive into this. It's insane. <laughs> insane. So we definitely have to have you back uh, if, you're, oh, please. if you're willing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I love but, a good ghost story. Uh, <laughs> well, I've got plenty. <laughs> oh yeah, we do too. That's that's oh, awesome. Do. Oh heck yeah. Okay, I'm down. That's going to be it for this part one of our interview with Shanna Stoker. Be ready for next week for part two, and remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. <laughs> <laughs>